Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hi there, this is John Shea of the San Francisco Chronicle, and welcome to the podcast. We're presenting something out of the ordinary with the baseball season on hold because of the coronavirus pandemic. We're going to play APBA, APA, between Northern California and Southern California, with all the great major league players from throughout the state, and someone from the Chronicle and someone else from the Los Angeles Times will manage the best of seven series. We'll discuss how this will transpire and how you, the fans and listeners, can vote for both teams by going on sfchronicle.com and latimes.com from now until May 17th. The results will be announced May 21st, and on May 26th, it'll be time to play ball. Well, hello, uh, everyone. This is John Shea of the San Francisco Chronicle, and I'm with Bruce Jenkins of the Chronicle and Steve Henson of the Los Angeles Times. Now, we're diving into something that has never really been done as far as I know, but we're going to play APA, you know, the old card and dice game, but at a whole different and creative, some might say goofy manner. It's Northern California versus Southern California, and one of the most important elements is having listeners, that means all of you out there, everyone in the sound of my voice, basically, and I guess that's the entire universe, vote for the rosters. and. You can do it at sfchronicle.com, latimes.com, and details will be in this podcast and, and stories posted online in print. But uh, and it's going to be fascinating stuff. So let's bring our team representatives aboard, uh, the managers, I assume. Uh, Bruce Jenkins from Northern California and Steve Henson from Southern California. How are you guys doing? Well, good. I'm doing well. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, you know. Yeah. We've got, we've, we're going all the way back to 1900 here. So it's not like, you know, today's best against the Southern California's best of today. We're, we're going back to Lefty O'Doul and Ewell Blackwell here, if you want them on your team. And everybody's card, everybody's APA card shows them in their best year. So you got Ted Williams hitting 406, et cetera, et cetera. Barry Bonds hitting 73 homers. And it's based on where they grew up. So you might have mm-hmm. guys born in Texas or whatever, a really good example. I mean, you couldn't have a Northern California team without Frank Robinson, Joe Morgan, Ricky Henderson, Willie Stargell. Well, all those guys were born in other states, but they moved to Northern California when they were young. And that's the whole basis of this thing that I came up with is it's about where you grew up, where you learned the game, et cetera. Hmm. I know Steve has a ridiculous team. What's your, uh, some of the things that Steve's going on with the Southern California team? Well, yeah, you know, I, I don't think uh, you're going to be throwing a no-hitter against us with that Ted Williams, 1941, 406, um, uh, Tony Gwynn, 
they had one unbelievable season and uh and that's what you're looking at as a voter you're looking at the per, the the best season for each player an interesting example i got here is uh you know Archie vaughn he, 1935 um he was the shortstop for the pittsburgh pirates and 1935 he led the league with a 385 batting average 491 on base percentage and 607 slugging percentage. He led, he led in all three categories, even though back in 35, nobody was calculating on base percentage. But, um, and he had 19 home runs. And, you know, you talk about where you were born and what, um, you know, what, what does that matter? Well, Archie Vaughn was actually born in Eagleville, California, which is as north as you can get. It's right up in the northeast border in Modoc County, California. But as luck would have it for my team, his family moved to uh, Fullerton when he was real young, and he went to high school in Fullerton, and, and he spent his formative years, I think that was the, the phrase Bruce used to yeah. categorize these guys, in Southern California. So Archie Vaughn and his, and his 385 batting average um, at shortstop gets to play for SoCal instead of Northern California, even though he was born and died and buried in Eagleville, California. Well, yeah. is there is there a line drawn, I mean, you know, in the middle of the state? I mean, who gets Tom Seaver? Who gets Mike Lacoste, more importantly? Well, I, I drew it at Fresno, so Northern <laughs> California got Tom Seaver. <laughs> there aren't many other people from Fresno involved, but that seems like a logical uh, split, but it, it, that's how we're doing it. Seaver fair goes. enough. Yeah, fair enough. Well, we got San Diego, and San Diego gave us Ted yeah. Williams. So, yeah, definitely. Well, this is pretty exciting stuff, really. I mean, it's going to be a seven-game series, and fans will determine. The listeners will determine the rosters. And um, Bruce, you came up with this great idea about uh, all the names. And you know, we were originally. I think we we're going to roll the dice and draw cards, but I think it's going to be a little bit more. Uh, uh, you know, some some technology involved, uh, but rosters will go 34 deep, three players at every position. That's 24 plus 10 pitchers. So that's 34 guys. And manager's going to run the game. Um, the great John Miller will weigh in with some highlights, and I hope he uses his uh, Vince Scully voice when the highlights favor the Southland. But, uh, hey, Bruce, most important question I have for you is, were we able to rent the Goodyear blimp? Uh, we've got the Hindenburg, which is almost okay. Flying <laughs> uh, some distance from the stadium, we hope. But uh, yeah, we, we got. I mean, you're right. The APA players, you know, know how it is. You're rolling the dice and flipping their cards and looking at the boards, and that's originally what it's going to be, just like me against John Shea playing like Titanic series. But the Chronicle executives got word of this and going, oh, "Wait a minute, we got to expand this." Next thing you know, we got the LA Times involved, which is fantastic. And Houston Mitchell down there uh, uh, contacted the APBA people, and they're going to supply every card. Wow. We, um, I had most of them, but they've got all of them. Uh, and wow. they're going to put the game online so everybody can watch it. Uh, it's it's going to be it's a fantastic extension of the original idea. Uh, John Miller is definitely on board. He actually called me a couple days ago. Are we still doing this? <laughs> That'll be at the end. After the series is over, we're going to do a podcast running down the highlights, and John's going to weigh in with some of the some of the bigger plays. So it's pretty cool. And it'll be a best of seven, right, Bruce? Best of seven. Well, how long would that take? How, how long would seven games or even four games take? Well, if uh, for for serious APBA players like Houston and myself, who who have pretty much memorized the boards, 
You wow. can play a game in 10 minutes, but what's the fun in that? And I don't know how the online thing works, how long their games take, if it's rapid fire or you have time between each play. But, you know, you want to you want to expand it, you know. Well, Snyder grounded out the second, or we're going to put the hit and run on here, or I'm going to bring in a pitcher. I mean, I think more like the, closer to a half an hour or 20 minutes. I, I have to know how APBA works it online because I've never played their computerized version. But um, it's not certainly not three hours and five minutes. Uh, you know, drew all these candidates up. I mean, what, how, how, I mean, were there some you left off that you said, man, I wish I didn't leave them off? No. Is it that, yeah. I, I didn't leave anybody off. I mean, the, the, you know, the list of Northern California outfielders goes well beyond 10. I, I went through the baseball encyclopedia. I must have gone through it a dozen times just to see who, who are really significant players uh, in the history of this game and where are they from. Um, and if you were a significant player, like I've got a guy named Willie Cam on my team, and who, who the heck knows who he is, but he was a, a real mainstay, a very significant player, great defensive player in the 1920s, and a guy who really made a difference. His stats don't look great, but I, I learned that he's a guy that really made a difference in the game. So those guys, uh, you know, I don't think there are too many people that, that fans are going to go, wait a minute now. I mean, like somebody might say, where's Brandon Crawford? You know, he's <laughs> – he just doesn't figure in the in the Northern California shortstops I have because they hit so well. Uh, so it, I, it, yeah, it, it just dawned on me that Barry Bonds could go up against Bobby Bonds. Definitely, that, that's right. You got that right. It, and, yeah. and how do you how do you, how do you because I always thought Barry Bonds' best year was 1993. Well, that's true. Um, and and you know because he did it all, man. He hit home runs and drew, you know, you know uh, you stole know. bases, played the outfield. He is a five tool guy. How, how do you determine which year was the guy's best? Well, it's tough in some cases. I threw it all out to, to Steve, and he actually changed a couple, which I thought was great. You know what? If you want Bonds in 93, you got him. APBA will supply that. Um, I was thinking about Ricky Henderson the year he stole, you know, set the stolen base record. But in, in 1990, he had just this monster year with a lot more power and everything else and more MVP consideration. So uh, the managers definitely can say, oh, hold on, I'd like a different season. Hey Steve, how do you how do you determine certain guys? Like, I mean, uh, Kent was raised in Southern California. Uh, he went to Cal. He played for the Giants, but he's on your team, right? Yeah, you know, I, I could we could field an entire team of players from Southern California who starred for Northern California teams for either the hmm. Giants or Athletics. Bobby Bonds, Kevin Mitchell, Mark McGuire, J.T. Snow, Jason Giambi, Jeff Kent, Matt Williams, Evan Longoria, Matt Chapman. Raleigh Fingers, Rob Nen, I mean, Mike Kruko, Rod Beck. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of guys that grew up in Southern California, wow. and they are, they, are, they are Northern California baseball players. You know, everybody associates them with, with Northern California. But for the purposes of this game, where they spent their quote-unquote formative years, they are, they are SoCal guys. Um, wow, so, yeah. So, so polls, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, you know, Bruce did a great job um, uh, putting, compiling the right guys. Um, now that said, Bruce, I do have a couple guys I'd like to swap out if, it, if, if, if it's okay with you. Absolutely. What do you got there? Okay. So like in our outfield, I wanted to add Tim Sam in 1995 where he hit 330 and hit 34 home runs and, uh, and dropped Dwight Evans, 82, which when he hit 292 with a with 32 home runs. Yeah, well, there's no need to drop anybody. That's the beauty of it. The ballot. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I, actually, I wanted. I was trying to add a couple guys from the Angels that had career years. Um, 
that are from Southern California. Garrett Anderson was another one in his 2003 season where he hit 29 home runs and hit 315. And then another guy I was trying to, to fit in was Ryan Braun. Um, 2012, he hit 319 with 41 home runs and 30 stolen bases. Yeah. I mean, really, really an amazing season. And uh, so, the, yeah, those were a few guys. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people in the L.A. area will uh, – Will appreciate that. I, I have to say, I you know, I, I did this religiously through about 2000. I said, you know what, I can't do this the rest of my life. And <laughs> 2000, I think, were pretty authentic, but a couple of more modern days slipped through the cracks, and you just mentioned a couple of them. Well, that makes sense because I'm looking at, at Brett Boone, 2001 Mariners, and here's a guy who didn't have that great of a career, but he had one year. Yeah. In 2001, he hit as a second baseman. He hit 331 with 37 home runs, and he was was he a juicer? I, that's not for me to determine, but but uh, he had that one incredible outlier season in 2001, and so yeah. I'm I would actually add, try to add him instead of Bobby Gritch, who was a better career long second baseman, but he was so consistent he never had um, you know just an, an eye popping season. Yeah, I mean, you're totally welcome. Adding players, is, you don't have to swap out anybody. But, you know, the steroid issue is interesting. I, I looked at Brett Boone. I kind of looked at him like a, like a Brady Anderson who suddenly hit 50 homers. I don't know what yeah. he's going for, but uh, right. the bonds is obvious. For me, uh, I'm really tempted to start uh, uh, Ken Caminiti at third base, uh, sure. who admitted to, you know, in graphic detail his steroid use. And do I really want to do that ethically? But uh, you've got to, you've got to, put the guy's numbers there. The, you know, the things happen. It's up to you whether you want to play him or not. But, yeah, I mean, if you want to add Brett Boone, you're completely welcome to do that. Well, well uh, you got you got to try to win, man. you got to play Caminetti. He's, he had 40 home runs in his best year, and, and no other third baseman on your, on, your, uh, on your ballot had more than eight. Yeah, and he was the MVP. Right, right. Yeah, that, uh, that was awesome. And then I, I, I added uh, Mike Lieberthal, a catcher, instead of uh, Austin Barnes. Was, or, That's a good call. Uh, and then, you know, I, I, I really wanted to add Jack Wilson, the 2004 Pirates, when he won the Silver Slugger, because he lives in, the, in Thousand Oaks. He's, he's my neighbor, and, and he's, <laughs> he's a buddy, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get him on there. Put him on there. That's the beauty of it. There's yeah. Fun. He's on the ballot. Um, I've got Billy Martin on the Northern California ballot just, just for the hell of it. He's not going to play second base at, at any time, but I just thought maybe some people might want to vote for him, you know, in case a fight breaks out or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, are there positions that are going to be tougher for fans than others? Uh, and voting runs through May 21st, by the way. Uh, like, uh, is there some – a, a top-heavy position, or on the other side, maybe positions that are a little weak, where it might be tough to find three guys. But I imagine some of these positions you just loaded. Put it this way: Let's say Steve starts Ted Williams, Duke Snyder, and Bobby Bonds. Okay, that's a pretty damn good outfield. Bobby Bonds in 1973 might have been the best player in the game. Mm -hmm. On the bench, Tony Gwynn. I think think best years now: Tony Gwynn, George Foster, Reggie Smith, Ralph Kiner, mm. Daryl Strawberry, Jack Clark, Kevin Mitchell. Yeah, not to mention Giancarlo Stanton or Kristen Yelich. So that's that's just insane is what that is. It'll be tough for Dave Roberts if we if he agrees to do this. Yeah, we're we're trying reaching out to Gabe Kaplan, <laughs> Robert 
Hurts, by the way, to pick the starting lineups, which would be very cool. I don't know what else they got better to do than that. Yeah, exactly. Kapler would be another guy that grew up in Southern California, and now he's the manager of the Giants. We'll be back with Bruce Jenkins of The Chronicle and Steve Henson of The Times right after this quick break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Are there positions that are thin? Yeah, because we wanted to have um, at least six on every. Uh, for every position, because you're going to be voting for three, and you, you don't really want four guys. But the, the Southern California, um, uh, what, what was the position I'm looking at? I guess the uh, well, let's say the, the, the Northern California catcher is kind of tough. You got Ernie Lombardi who's going to start. He was a yeah, he looked good. Joe Ferguson's good. Then you talk about Charlie Silvera, Gus Triandos, and you know Steve mm. is on there. So that's not a great position compared to the Southern. Mm. Well, the Southern California, it's not. There's, there's actually adding Lieberthal. The year he hit 300 and with 31 home runs, he's the only 300 hitter um, on the ballot. But there's Gary Carter, you know, and uh, uh, you know who's a, a guy that no, nobody remembers. And this, this guy grew up in Watts, and uh, he was the Twins uh, catcher all through the 60s. And including in their World Series season, and in in '63, er, Earl Batty, and he hit 26 home runs and hit 285, and had a he, he had a pretty good year. Um, but uh, yeah, catching catch, catcher is not they all kind of lump together. The numbers are very similar, and none of them are are truly outstanding. That's what what interests me with with APBA that you know Bruce and I and I don't is how important is is defense how important is the defensive metric is there like for example at third base i would be i would be uh, tempted to include greg nettles on the team because if we got a lead going into the seventh inning i'd put him in at third base as a defensive replacement yeah i mean you've also got matt chapman and nolan arenado that's a really good point <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy man hey so what about the designated hitter? I, I know Bruce's position on the DH, by the way. I, I think I've read one or two articles he's written over there. Steve, what's yours, and will the DH be allowed in this series, and how? And, 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 and what if you run out of pitchers like they did in the Milwaukee All-Star game? <laughs> well, uh, Bruce, yeah, Bruce said we'll use a DH uh, to get another, you know, get another star name in the lineup. Um, and, and, and we'd go along with that hundred percent, you know, it just gets another, another one of these big bats in the lineup. Um, in terms of the use of the pitchers, uh, Bruce can address that, you know, days rest for starters. Um, you know, otherwise I'll start Walter Johnson, the big train. Well, I, I, I'm looking at this the way the people looked at the game for, you know, almost a century. And that is, uh, you know, uh, a, Pitcher can start games one, four, and seven. Okay, that you know you can you can hmm. rotation down to that. Uh, so many of these guys are are used to pitching complete games. 
very few of them are from the era where you come out after six or you throw in 102 pitches and all that malarkey. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a narrow rotation and, and guys are going to go deep, you know, unless they're getting shelled. And uh, you've got plenty of relievers. I mean, geez, Steve's got Fingers, Hoffman, Quisenberry, Beck, you know, Roscoe. I mean, you just use them judiciously. I, I just have to think that um, 10 pitchers is enough. I, I think you look at 13-man pitching staffs today and it's just kind of hurts my stomach a little bit. Let me just say one thing, too, about Steve's question. Defense definitely counts. Uh, your team defensive rating plays in and also the, the uh, position. So if you hit a ground third of the ninth inning and you got Greg Nettles in there, you're, you're better off than a guy who's uh, weak defensively. Yeah, if we have a lead going into the seventh, it's going to be Ozzie Smith at short and Greg Nettles mm. at third. Wow. <laughs> Boy, Bruce, he's tipping you off, man. <laughs> Those are obvious moves. Okay, here's another question. Is uh, uh, lefty-righty matchups um, – you know, is it would it be behoove you to have a left-handed, you know, situational guy um, in your bullpen? I think the way that I've always played APBA, there might be a more sophisticated version now where they where they take into account, you know, the ballparks and the wind and all this stuff. And my game is a little more basic. I think if you do that, you wouldn't you wouldn't it wouldn't be based on any stats that are going to help you in this game. You might just do it because that's what you would do. But, you know, you, it wouldn't be based on APBA's cards reflecting, you know, got what guys did against lefties as, as opposed to righties. You just do it out of common sense. Well, that means Scott McGregor and you don't make our team. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so this, the uh, series opens up May 26th. The, the polling is underway through May 21st. And have we heard from Vegas yet? I'm, I'm sure they're eagerly waiting for the results of the rosters. and. and and uh, who would be favored? Are, are, do, we, do we have any early odds? I can't imagine favoring one team or another. Uh, one thing, one aspect that, where the geography really comes into play is the fact that Walter Johnson and Jim Palmer are on Steve's team. Uh, Walter Johnson was really the only guy who was kind of a marginal pick. He, he, he grew up in Kansas till he was 14, just out in the wilderness, really, just throwing seeds against a barn or something. But he, he, he moves to Orange County when he was 14, and he goes to Fullerton High. So he's on the Southern California team. He's just got to be. And Jim Palmer moved out of uh, Southern Cal before he went to high school in Arizona. But, he, but he's yeah. – um, you know, you got those two guys anchoring your staff. But then again, you know, we counter with uh, Dave Stewart and uh, Randy Johnson and Lefty Gomez. And, oh, my God. So I, I don't know how you favor one of these teams. I really don't. So, you know, this is a wonderful baseball fix for folks who aren't getting their baseball. I, you know, just looking over the schedule, the Giants, as we speak in this coming week, going to be in Colorado, the A's in Seattle. No one was going to be in the Bay Area. It's a perfect timing, right? The Dodgers were going to be at Philly. The Angels were going to host uh, the Nationals. The Padres were going to host the White Sox. So where's this game being? Uh, how's it, where, where, do, we, do we have a location? I mean, uh, is it going to be a Willie Mays field, as Bruce uh, calls the uh, Giants yard? Ricky Henderson field, Vince Scully field. What, what, what's the Angels yard? Is that the Rod Carew field or Bo Belitsky field? That's a mythical. Let's park in Freeville and move on to Seal Stadium for games three, four, and five. Ah. <laughs> yeah, that works. Us, right? <laughs> so the, the John Miller thing is pretty cool. Bruce, you, you've been talking to him. How exactly is he going to uh, weigh in? Is, it, is he going to do play-by-play? Is he going to be doing highlights? Now, we don't want him to do the whole seven games. <laughs> no. <laughs> but when, we, when we do the podcast wrapping up, wrapping up all the games, which we'll do you know, in a fairly hasty manner, we don't want to take it all day, but 
when we get to an epic moment that really made a difference, I'd like to have maybe 20 times mm. all of a sudden John comes in with the call. Wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at these rosters, and it's it's a real impressive number of African Americans on the ballots. The 60s, 70s, into the 80s, and then the drop off. Of course, you look at today's game, but uh, that's pretty impressive. I mean, this is these names are epic. Yeah, it's telling. And the, the the Southern California outfielders beginning in '67: Paul Blair, Willie Davis, Bobby Tolan, Bobby Bonds, George Foster, Reggie Smith, Dusty Baker, Daryl Strawberry. Eric Davis, Kevin Mitchell, Tony Gwynn, Garrett Anderson, you know, um, it, uh, it just reminds you that baseball was a, you know, it was a primary sport and a primary means of, you know, of recreation for the African-American community, certainly in the, in the and, and probably earlier because of the, you know, the, they played in the Negro Leagues for so long, but but for for Southern California to uh, just kind of explode uh, with so many tremendous Africa, and meanwhile you had uh, you had Eddie Murray and Cecil Fielder, and of course Jackie Robinson growing up in Pasadena. Yeah. Um, it was uh, it, it was it, 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 just looking back, it, it it really struck me as as something special. Well, they, yeah, there's no doubt about that. I'll tell you. It's- it's uh, it's it's just so impressive, and you know, up north, um, you know, just from the East Bay alone, you're talking, you know, state of Pinson, Frank Robinson, Bill Morgan, Ricky Henderson, Willie Stargell. These guys are all contemporaries, mm. you know, all playing ball in the East Bay, and yeah. that's certainly taken a dive too. And it's it's really a shame, but not. So could you? Yeah, go ahead. I was going to could you guys explain for listeners who might not be up on what APA is, or Steve, you, you mentioned APBA, you know, what is it? American Professional Baseball Association uh, created 1951. What, how exactly traditionally has it played and how, how would it differ from say Stratomatic? Well, I never played Stratomatic. Well, you know, I kind of wish I had, but they're, I think they're regarded more or less as equals, but my dad gave me APBA, which I always called it, uh, in 1958, I got the 1958 season and started playing, you know, steadily from that point on. Uh, you've got dice, you, you roll the dice, uh, you get a series of numbers off the dice roll, and then you, you look at the player's card, find that number, and then you get a corresponding number, then you look that number up on the board. And there's a different board for bases empty, there's for runner on first, first and second, etc. And it tells you what happened. Uh, you can hit and run, you, you can sacrifice uh, obviously, you know, take time out to bring in a new pitcher and all those things, but uh, it's pretty compelling. Uh, it's and it's it's very realistic. I mean, I've played it for so long and I've never known uh, just wacky things to happen, like trip over hits thirty eight homers, you know, and <laughs> something something absurd, you know. I mean, players players act the way uh, statistically the way they did in the season that you're talking about. Every card uh, represents a certain season and. We're making sure we've got the very best cards for everybody. So uh, uh, it can be played in a big hurry if you know the game well enough and you know the boards and you just uh, – and I'll tell you, some people play out the whole season. They play out, you know, Brewers, Dodgers in August. Do they play out every <laughs> I, I could never do that. That's, huh. where, that's where I started dreaming up different ways to go like this thing. I said, I, well, let's get to a, something bigger than that. Let's, let's get the all-time greats involved. Yeah, and I, I I did play Stratomatic, which, like you say, is the same. It's based on dice probability. 
sample size, uh, you're going to, the, the statistics are going to be uh, right in line with what they were for that season. I learned a lot about, about probability theory and about, um, you know, and, and of course about baseball. My, my, when I started and I was probably like 10, 11 years old, I remember the 67 Red Sox, the 68 Tigers, you know, with Mickey Lulich and Denny McLean and, and, and those were the, 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 and the St. Louis Cardinals back then with Lou Brock and Kurt Flood. Those were, Bob Gibson was almost unhittable. You know, that's when I really sort of latched on to baseball, to being a baseball, you know, fanatic where I knew everybody, everybody's stats and, and, it, and, and it came through Stratomatic the same way it did with APBA for you. Yeah, and you know, as you go along, you get to you get to know all the players. I mean, if you're playing it with today's uh, today's leagues, I mean, next thing you know, you got a pretty good idea how how some of these guys uh, play, or at least how they played. You know, last season, uh, you can't play the current season, but uh, it, it's a real education. And you know, I, I got more and more into the old timers, and I'm ordering the 1927 Yankees and 1934 Tigers, and well, this Marv Owen guy, what what was he all about? And you can yeah. get you want. I, I got pretty deep trying to put this thing together. So you, you kids will start with baseball cards, at least back in the day, and then graduate to this higher level of uh, uh, this dice and card game. I, yeah, I, you I, can I, compete. I, yeah, I, I last played APA. I'm sorry. That's what we called it. Uh, you guys are calling it APBA. I come from the other side of the track, sorry. Uh, the Mean Streets. And, and uh, I, I just remember Frank Robinson uh, hitting a walk-off grand slam to win it all in this little league. But, but I, I remember his card, the home run to at-bat ratio was dynamite. And, I, and I'm thinking some of these cards, especially for guys who might not have played an entire season, are so unique that, that you, maybe they're better than actually their best year's card, right? Is that possible? Uh, yeah. I mean, the great thing about, about the card, you can look at a card and immediately tell power. Um, walks a lot, strikes out a lot, uh, bad defense, uh, has control, or is wild for pitchers. Um, you immediately get an identity of the player once you once you get to know the game. And uh, you know, as I say, it's just it's you can you can go pretty deep. So Babe Ruth barnstormed through the state once. Does that count? Does he? Does, he, does, he, does, he, does anybody get the Babe? The Babes, I'm, I'm afraid the Babes playing for the Mid-Atlantic team. And by the way, I've got teams for every region of the country. I've got Texas, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, um, you know, the, 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 mid, the Midwestern states, um, Ohio. Oh, my God. You know, these teams are just powerhouses. I've played tournaments with all of them, and it's way fun. That's, that's just amazing. Just a reminder that the, the polls are open through May 27th. I'm sorry, May 21st. And the game itself. The series will begin May 27. I think that's okay. Okay, but it's right around right around there. And we'll have a podcast after this, and we'll have links at the sfchronicle.com and latimes.com. So uh, we'll provide information as we go along. But anything we're missing, guys? I was just going to say the greatest thing that, that has expanded from my, from my simple project here is that the public's going to vote the teams. <laughs> I just think that's, that's so cool. I mean, uh, that's going to be really interesting to see who they come up with. And then the, the managers will pick the starting lineups. But when it comes to those 34-man rosters, that's who we're going to be uh, dealing with. And that's just great. Well, what if they leave a guy off that you definitely want to start as a leadoff hitter or the number three hitter? It's going to mess you up. 
it's not so much that it's like maybe leaving off uh uh well, i don't know maybe leaving off lefty o'dool who hit 398 mm. total institution and maybe you know uh, maybe eric thames is on there ahead of him that that would seem a little bit wrong and maybe the managers have a couple uh veto powers that wouldn't be bad ah that hasn't been established but i, I think it i think it should be maybe you know, we don't want to dismiss the fans what, what they're thinking here either. So I don't know how that goes. If you had to uh, uh, make a lineup right now, Bruce, yeah, what would it be? I'd have Ricky Henderson leading off. <laughs> uh, Joe Morgan at second. That's, yeah, there we go. Uh, Joe DiMaggio in center. Nice. Uh, Bonds in left. Uh, Bonds. I'm going to put Bonds in right because Ricky's in left. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Stargell at first. Um, Joe Cronin playing short, hitting 346 in 1930. Ah. Uh, he's all hopped up. He's going to be a third. Uh, <laughs> Ernie Lombardi catching, hitting 342, MVP. And uh, Big Tom Sieber on the hill. I like Wait. it. If you had a DH, would it probably be Frank Robinson then? Oh, yeah, exactly. DH would be Frank Robinson. Either winning the triple crown with, with the Orioles, or <laughs> with the Reds, you almost won him then. Uh, and you know Harry Heilman hitting 403 isn't a bad DH option either. Back in 1923, Steve, how do you top that? I don't know if I'll top it, but here's the hit. This would be our lineup, I think. It'd be at least one option. Christian uh, Yelich leading off with that 2019 season. Or 2017 season, I think, actually. Boy, a modern guy. How about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, then Tony Gwynn, 396. Ted Williams, 406. Mark McGuire, 70 home runs in the cleanup. George Brett, batting fifth. That Archie Vaughn season at short just can't be topped. 385. Babe Herman, another 390 hitter. Yeah. From 1930. Then Jackie Robinson, his, his uh, 347 season, he had one. One tr tr phenomenal season. And uh, Gary Carter behind the dish. See, this is, I, I love that. That's pretty good. Because you go back and you totally validate my incorporating the like an entire century plus with Babe Herman and Archie Vaughn. That's yeah, fantastic. You know, I mean, uh, Duke Snyder, no, we're going with Christian Yelich, okay? I mean, this is what it's all about. This is, it's great. It's contemporary and it's also the history of the game. Yeah, and if Yelich goes over for 4, then, you know, Get Duke in there. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be really fun just to get to the next game and make changes and and how that's mm. going to work. It, it's going to be like a real world series. Why would you use relievers? I mean, with that with those starters, right? You just let them go nine. What What if you're down eight nothing and they shell Drysdale? <laughs> so so does if you're bad in the first, does that mean you're going to be bad in the second? I mean, if you're having a bad day in this game. Does it translate throughout a game? It's up to you if they're having a bad game. If you're if you're shelling Drysdale, APB doesn't really know that. I mean, it doesn't like his rating suddenly goes down. He's still Don Drysdale in 1963. You, you make changes based on common sense. It's just like, well, I gotta I gotta get this guy out of here. Hmm. Or, so know. so we're basically yes. Every dice roll is independent of any other dice roll. Like you know. From from a mathematical standpoint, but when you're at the craps table and you're losing and you're and you're you're rolling lousy, it doesn't feel that way. Or if you're winning, right? Yeah, I mean, if you if you leave uh, Randy Johnson in the game and he's just hammered every inning, people are gonna what the hell? 
going to get them out of there or what? I mean, uh, because that's just just common sense. So you mentioned like the uh, you know the brackets of the of the of the entire hundred years. With my starting pitchers, it'd probably be Walter Johnson, yeah, and then Garrett Cole from 2019. Perfect. How good is that? Yeah, and then Jim Palmer, Don Drysdale. You know, and an unsung starting pitcher that I was just looking at his numbers was Mike Scott. He's in there. Uh, yeah, he, you have him. And, and that year, he struck out 306 guys yeah. with a 2.22 ERA. Yeah, and then you got Strasburg and Messer Smith and you know Larry Dierker. Well, yeah, Larry. Yeah, Larry Dierker was. Uh, he, he he was a good guy too. I got to know him when he was a, a broadcaster. Yeah, for me, uh, I mean, I, I'm wondering. If Mike Norris. I'm sure John Shea remembers this. Any Ace fan, Mike Norris in 1980 was just about unhittable, uh, pitching for Billy. His Billy ball took off. But you know, I've got Seaver, Dave Stewart, uh, Lefty Gomez went in 26 games way back in the 30s, and Randy Johnson. And you know, I'm pro we're probably going to go with. Um, Three-man rotations, really. You want to have a guy pitch um, games one, four, and seven, which was so, so often the case. Yeah. You know, they might pitch games five and seven. You know what I mean? Uh, but we, that's, up to, that's up to us. If we want to go four-man and satisfy the more modern-day thinkers. But we're sure as hell not going five-man. <laughs> no. Well, I, I, I imagine the uh, modern-day analytic folks would appreciate this. I mean, Steve, you – you mentioned every dice roll is independent of the next. And so there's no momentum. There's no chemistry. I mean, Joan Ryan just wrote this wonderful book, Intangibles, when that's, that's all she talked about. There is momentum. There is chemistry and camaraderie and all that stuff that, that uh, is, is part of the equation. But in this one? No, but here's the thing, John. When you're playing somebody, you, you, you invent all that stuff. You, you say things out loud like, you know what, I, I think that, you know, I don't, I don't like the way this is going here. You know, I'm going to do something radical here. It's all, it's all in your mind. Yeah, that's, that's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> true people, but you're the manager and who, who you can do, you can do what you want. The yeah. Thing is that we don't want to do anything, com you know, completely nuts. And I'm sure that we won't, but um, you, you, you make your own, you make your own chemistry. Yeah, you can't make a wrong move with all these players. I mean, there's yeah. there's there's nobody slipping in here who's not going to be deserving, yeah. and uh, it'll it'll just be it'll just be a lot of fun. Well, that's great. Any final thoughts? I think we covered darn near everything. I think we did. Yeah. yeah. So just a reminder that the listeners, you out there in uh, podcast land, can uh, can vote and will vote three players to a position per team. And you vote for both sides if you'd wish. And 10 pitchers and DHs are decided by the manager. So it could be an outfielder or anything else. And, um, yeah, so it's uh, from now till May 21st. The series itself begins a few days later, the 27th. And the great, the great thing about the voting is that uh, people will be able to see the entire rosters, and, you know, and the year that they're going to see, you know, uh, Joe DiMaggio for the 1939 Yankees hitting 381, etc. So, if, you know, there'll be, there be people that they never heard of, you know, who, who the heck is Wally Berger? Well, you know, here he is, 1930, whatever, you'd have to vote for him, but this is what he was. So uh, it's not just uh, a name that you've never heard of. Great. Well, thanks a lot, guys. This was a blast. Thank you, John. Yeah, enjoyed it a lot. Thanks, Bruce. Yeah. Thanks for joining me and Bruce Jenkins and Steve Henson 
And please take the opportunity to vote for the Northern California and Southern California rosters. Ballots are on sfchronicle.com and latimes.com. We'll see you next time when we break down your voting and both teams' rosters. The Giant Splash is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Podcast producers are King Kaufman and Alan Johnson. The theme song, Batter Up, was written and performed by Lauren Gold and Ray Eastless. Support The Splash and all of our great journalism by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.